you ready to talk fantasy football? Then you're ready for the Picking Up the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your hosts, Mike Randall and Scott Berg. In what could be characterized as one of the most exciting NFL Sundays we've seen in quite some time, the Picking Up the Blitz podcast is back here to summarize everything and to break it down for you. Fantasy football implications. Scott, how we doing? Oh, Mike, that was some some week three we had, especially that one o'clock slate. Yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm a little hopped up on antibiotics, but I'm doing all right as we can get ready to recap the week three and, uh, you know, just dive into what was a unbelievable Sunday afternoon. But before we do, just hold on one second. I think I hear somebody at the door. Yes. Yeah, that that would be Jordan Howard returning <laughs> to relevance in the picking up the blitz fantasy podcast. There it is. Turned from the dead, my friend. There it is. Only, only my partner Scott can do this. Let me explain to you folks what Scott is. Scott is knee jerk reaction. Scott. Last week we can pull it up, you people. If you listen to us, you know he said, "Where am I taking you for lunch?" Blah blah blah. All of a sudden, Jordan Howard has one good game, and here we go. Fourteen hundred yards, right? Here we go, and, baby. Woo. And you know what? You know what? He caught five passes, too. Would you believe it? He actually caught more passes than Tariq Cohen. I know. And you're so good at predicting passes because you said that Martavis Bryant's going to have no – he'll have more than 48 passes. So, honestly, I think Jordan Howard's on pace for 90 receptions, don't you? Yeah, yeah we're in trouble with Martavis Bryant, but he's he <laughs> got about 15, 15 targets, about six catches. You know, oh, but that's, about, a, that's, no, a, that's, about, that's a story for later on. Tell me about the almost catches. Oh, I can't wait for that one. Let's hit the first quarter. Scott, so much action here to talk about. Let's move past news and notes. I think would be better for the the fans tonight, the listeners of the podcast, is to do winners and losers. So, Scott, why don't you kick us off here? Give us three fantasy football winners from the weekend's games. All right, I'm going to start with that Thursday night game for me for a winner. I think Todd Gurley has officially um, announced that he is back in the elite status of running backs. It's now been three games, like you said on Twitter earlier today or yesterday it was. There's no competition in that backfield for Todd Gurley. And the Rams went out and put up 41, 41 points. Yeah, they gave up 39 McGurley ran for 113 yards and two touchdowns, caught a touchdown pass on five catches as well. So for, for me, Todd Gurley was a uh, definite fantasy winner. And if you own Todd Gurley, you should be happy with what you've seen so far. Second winner for me, I just talked about him. Look, Jordan Howard, he did it against my team, so it was kind of bittersweet. But he was hurt. He running hard with a busted up right shoulder. He came in and out of this game like three or four times. Runs for 100 and 36 yards and two touchdowns. And like I said, even caught five passes. One of those touchdowns, the overtime winner, broke for about 25 yards, untouched against a very, very tired Steelers defense. We'll get into that game later on. And then a third winner for me, he probably wasn't owned or used by many fantasy players at all, but I'm really impressed by what I've seen out of Jacoby Brissett. Now, I know Andrew Luck is probably on his way back. It sounds like week six, week seven, they're targeting for, for Andrew Luck. But listen, if you got to find yourself a streaming option for a couple of weeks, Jacoby Brissett has done nothing but keep the Colts in games. They got a win against the Browns last week. I know it was the Browns, but on Sunday, but runs he passes for 259 yards and a touchdown. He ran for 14 yards and ran in two touchdown passes. So he's done nothing but keep the Colts in games. He's been status quo. He's been very good. He's done so much more than Scott Tolzien ever could. So for me, Jacoby Brissett, you may not have had him, but maybe a couple of weeks till Luck comes back, maybe he's a streaming replacement if you need one at quarterback. All right, three winners for me, Scott. And just call me the amazing Kreskin because I was on fire with this week. And I'm going to start with the first game that I nailed. Tyrod Taylor is a big winner for me. 
Listen, Sean McDermott is doing a great job. Scott, that Bills team is not good. They do not have offensive firepower. Jordan Matthews is not a dynamic receiver. He's a great number three. He's an okay number two. He is not a good number one. But Tyrod Taylor continues to perform. 213 yards, no interception, Scott, two touchdowns. Also on a day that he only ran for 13 yards. He's leading that Bills team. They got a tough game in Atlanta next week. But his running ability, and he's a leader, and that team is is doesn't turn the ball over. They're very smart. Stock up for the Bills. Stock up for Sean McDermott. And stock up for Tyrod Taylor, my first winner. Second one, and it's killing me here, man. And if you happen to check my score in the Yahoo League, I don't know if you got a chance. It is absolutely burning me. I did not have faith, Scott, in Stefan Diggs. I benched Stefan Diggs. I, yeah, thought, I saw I, that. I just I said Case Keenum, the whole thing. But you know what? Bad, bad job by me. And now I'm sweating it out here like a crazy person, begging to get a win, Scott, that honestly I do not deserve. But stock up for Stefan Diggs. Eight catches, 173 yards, two touchdowns. And Scott, Case Keenum was not exactly, you know, Dan Marino accurate. Those were great catches there by Diggs and Thielen. So I think stock big time up for Stefan Diggs. I was very, very impressed with him. And, and third one, I'm going to say it publicly. I said it on Twitter, Scott. I'm going to say it again. I was was wrong. I was dead wrong about Kareem Hunt. I admit it. Terrible job by me. And you know what's annoying, Scott? You know all summer I loved Spencer Ware. You did. How many mock – But so the rationale that I like Spencer Ware was really the rationale why I should have liked Kareem Hunt. But I just didn't buy in. Bad job by me, man. He's the real deal. He is setting, Scott, historic records with 50-yard runs. I mean, Scott, it's basically every time we turn on the game, right, we're sitting here going, when's the next 50-yard run going to happen, right? Yeah, it's it's true. I mean, he's averaging eight and a half yards a carry. I mean, three three weeks, eight and a half yards a carry. My uh, my cousin in our other league, Scott, texted me today, do you think he would be in the top three if he redrafted? I said, Scott, I think he's number one pick overall. That's what I said. Oh, right, and, right now. I mean, if you're and, talking, we're redrafting right. after three weeks. Yeah. Absolutely, he's got to be. And he thinks I'm making fun of him. I go, no, I'm totally serious. So stock up for me, uh, Kareem Hunt. I uh, listen. Everybody else stock was up on him. I just lost Johnny completely. But I'm done. And by the way, I have to throw a mention, Scott. How great a coach is Andy Reid? Because that team is not good either. Alex Smith, Kareem Hunt, uh, Travis Kelsey's getting shut down in two of the three games, and Tyreek Hill. He doesn't have a lot of weapons there, and he's winning. Great job by them. Great job by Kareem Hunt. How about your three losers? Yeah, three losers for me. First off, we talked about this. You asked me about him in DFS. He wound up being a big-time loser. He was high-owned. Jay Ajayi for the Dolphins did absolutely nothing against the Jets. Ran 11 times for 16 yards. Only caught two passes for nine yards. It was non-existent. Happened to be one of my only two winners I had this week with the Jets. Like them there. He was just a no-show. So he was a no-show in DFS. No-show in redraft as well. Standard leagues. Another one I talked about. I thought the Carolina Panthers were phony. And, well, the Saints went into Carolina beat nailed that it. team up. You nailed it, man. You totally nailed it. You're all over that. Well done. Well done. Can, can Cam Newton showed that, listen, you can't draft him as a quarterback one. 167 yards, no touchdowns, three interceptions against the Saints defense. Let's just think about that. That defense couldn't stop anybody. They couldn't stop any high school teams, college team, doesn't matter. Scott, they're he missing went, Scott, they're missing their, their starting two cornerbacks. They want reserve cornerbacks. Kenny Vaccaro's been in the league how long? Finally got his first <laughs> interception. So to me, I mean Cam Cam Newton is a definite loser in this situation. Like I said, you know, it's time to let him go. I mean, he's he's borderline releasable in all honesty in leagues because he's just he's not consistent enough, and that division's tough. And the third loser for me, I got to make this a joint effort. The Oakland Raiders. I mean, they just stayed in Oakland. They did not come to play last night. 
against the Washington Redskins. Derek Carr was terrible. Amari Cooper was nowhere to be found. Michael Crabtree got curt after one catch. The only guy, Marshawn Lynch, was nowhere to be found. I mean, this whole team was just, they just didn't get off the flight. The Redskins handed them. We both talked last week how we liked the Redskins in this game, and they went out and did what they had to do. But the Oakland Raiders, you know, that big-time offense, coming to the East Coast, it finally caught up to them because they were just nowhere to be found last night. I love the shot of Kenny Vaccaro here. Boy, we're frisky today. I can't wait. First loser for me, Scott. I'm going to call it right now, and I think you probably saw it. I was dropping him like gravity on on Sunday, Saturday, and Sunday. Austin Hooper, Scott, totally done. I liked Austin Hooper, and here's my thing. If you look at his metrics, workout profile, player profile, or .com, he's got a great site. He is tremendously athletic, Scott. He's fast. He's big. Here's the problem. Too many mouths to feed. Too many people getting the ball. And with Muhammad Sanu now being a legitimate option, and by the way, Taylor Gabriel on the carpet. Here we go, right? He's just not getting enough targets. I like Austin Hooper. I think if Julio Jones breaks his leg tomorrow, I think Austin Hooper is a very viable tight end. But until that happens, Scott, I'm sorry. He is unstartable whatsoever. He's droppable. Don't even put him in there. Absolutely not. Next loser for me, Mar Tavis Bryant. I don't want to hear about him more. I'm done. You are what you are. Martavis Bryant is a feast or famine player. I don't want to hear about six receptions. I don't want to hear about eight receptions. I don't want to have any tweets. I don't want to have anything when he catches a touchdown. He is feast or famine. If that's what you want on your team, fine. You sit there and watch those three catches and pray one of them goes for 50 yards. That's your job. It's not mine. You know where I'm using him, Scott? Best ball. I think he's a great best ball receiver. Ben is gutty. Bell, by the way, who has been very slow so far, though he had, I think he had seven receptions. He's starting to warm up a little bit, six receptions. And Antonio Brown, of course, is 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 a Hall of Famer. Case closed. But I'm done with Martavis Bryant. Folks, he's not a wide receiver, too. He's not. He's no more wide receiver, too, than Deshaun Jackson is. The guy's a tremendous talent. He's a tremendous yeah, athlete. He I, I think that's the frustrating part about it. He has the talent and the he ability. Is. He does. I, I, I agree I, with you. I mean, it may just – and listen, I'm not putting it all on him because, I mean, you know you know, I watch games, but he's just – he had some drops. He's got an overshot. He's just – he can't put it together. But the talent is there. So maybe eventually – but, I mean, when you have Antonio Brown on the team, he's – I mean, that, that that's the way Ben looks. He forces the yeah. ball to him. He's got to. And then you got Bell, like you said, heated up a little bit. Should get going. It's a bad loss by them. But, yeah, I mean, listen, you're, you're, yeah, right, you're, right on, you're, you're right with Brian. But here's the thing. I, I just – my point is at home, Scott, the numbers say what it is. He almost catches a touchdown per game at home. You want to start him at home? I don't care if you're going against the 85 Bears. Start him. He'll take Dave Dorison deep or Gary Fensick deep, and that's fine. But on the road, I think you got to be careful with him. And the last one, Scott, where is Hunter Henry? Hunter Henry is on the field for 40 to 50 snaps a game and is not catching passes. This is the second game now, week one and week three. Nowhere to be found. And it's not like they're feeding it to Antonio Gates. What is the problem with Hunter Henry? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you and I both got that dead wrong. We talked about you trying to trade for Rivers in the last episode, and I, I we both thought he had an ideal matchup, uh-huh. and he comes out and throws three interceptions before you can sit down and you know get ready to have some dinner while you're watching the 4 o'clock games. I don't know where Hunter Henry is. I figured after Antonio Gates got that milestone touchdown, he'd start to look Henry's way. He'd become more of the guy, but he was non-existent yesterday against the Chiefs defense that has given up some points. Let's be honest. I mean, they've won. They're three and zero, but you know they gave up twenty-seven to the Pats. They gave up twenty to the Eagles at home. Uh, I don't know where he is. I mean, we might have to send out an APB on him on Twitter see if we can find him. And don't think, my friend, that I'm still interested in Philip Rivers because I don't jump off the bandwagon that quick. We can talk off air. <laughs> <laughs> no, not a problem. He's going right back to the bench. I, I should have played Mariota. I mean, Mariota went out and beat up that Seahawks. The, Scott, really quick. The biggest problem with the Chargers is this. No one's at their games. 
They're playing 16 road games. That's the biggest. That Honestly, I don't care about his three interceptions because Ryan had three interceptions. Newton had three interceptions. Three interceptions went around all over the place. But the biggest thing for me, Scott, is you know, you know how big home versus road is for me. We'll get to a little bit. Scott, they don't have a home game. They're not yeah, playing. No, There's more don't. Chiefs fans. They're, they're, they're Charger fans. Even if they're selling out, I mean, to sell out of 25,000, right, it just does nothing a, for you. It's, it's the real tough spot to be in. And in that division, it's even tougher. So, yes. I mean, at 0 3, the Chargers had their chance to be 2 and 1 because they should have won probably two games. Should have beat Denver. Should have won last week against Miami. Now you're 0 3. You know, it's going to be another long season for the Chargers. God, the Raider game goes there. The whole stadium's going to be silver and black. Let's go. Second quarter. All right, Mike, like we do every week, every podcast episode, we're going to start NFC home games for our recap here. The Thursday night game was an NFC West battle. The LA Rams, the San Francisco 49ers, we talked about this in the last episode. It was going on during during recording. By far the most entertaining game of the year. It was a thrill to watch. People have downplayed it going in. A lot of stuff came out of this game. Talk about it to the people. This was fascinating. And when you when you do your predictions, folks, when you sit there and try to figure out your start sits or when you when you when you tweet us, uh, Scott and I about about fantasy football and you're trying to ask us who we're gonna start and sit, here's how we answer. At least here is how I answer, and I think Scott does it too. You have to talk about game flow. There is no logical reason why the Thursday games have been snoozers, that the Rams and Niners will become a points fest. And by the way, this is the first game I heard in NFL history that's ended forty one thirty nine. This is a side note. Crazy. Yeah, I saw that too. That's insane. <laughs> anyway, couple things. First off, I got to pat my partner on the back. I hate doing it, but I have to do it. Jared Goff is good, folks. Jared Goff, 292 yards passing, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Scott was talking about him being viable in week one. I thought he was nuts. He's a viable quarterback. He's matchup dependent. But if you need a guy on a bye week, I think he'd do a lot worse than Jared Goff. He was strong. Todd Gurley, outstanding. 28 rushes, 113 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Also caught five passes, 36 yards, one touchdown. I'll give you two things about Gurley that I want you to be worried about. First of all, he's tremendous. His opportunity share sends it out there. No one's running. Scott and I are running in the backfield. That's about it, okay? Here's the problem. Number one, Scott, he's fumbled four times. Okay, and I think that's worthwhile because we only played three games. I'm just saying that. Secondly, his schedule is front-loaded, okay? Let me take you through it really quick. Dallas next week, then Seattle, tough. At Jacksonville, not easy. Arizona, not easy. The Giants after the bye week. Houston, Minnesota, New Orleans, easy. Arizona, Philly, Seattle, Tennessee. It's a tough schedule. It's front-loaded. But he gets so much of the ball, I think you got to pay attention to him. As for the receivers, I'm a big Robert Woods guy. I'm glad he woke up. Six receptions, 108 yards. Excited about that. Somebody on Twitter sent to me, Scott, about starting Cooper Cup. Folks, it's Cooper Cup on a Thursday night game. I mean, I ended up being a lot of points, but I mean, take it easy. Sammy Watkins, two touchdowns, killed me in one of the leagues we're in. Six receptions, 106 yards. Go to San Francisco. Brian Hoyer, 332 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Not bad for Brian Hoyer. You're not starting him, but not bad. Carlos Hyde, similar Scott to Gurley. Volume, volume and opportunity. 25 rushes, 84 yards, two touchdowns. The most important number there, folks, is the 25 rushes. As far as the receiver, Hyde also caught three. I think he had six last week, so he's viable in PPR. Matt Breida, only in case somebody gets hurt. Marquise Goodwin, I'm not interested. He's a poor man. Mark Davis Bryant. But Pierre Garçon is alive. Seven receptions, 142 yards. He had done nothing through the first two games, so he did show up there. Overall, Scott, an exciting Thursday night game. And it, it, with big numbers like this, you always get buried in fantasy because if you don't have those guys, you're coming from behind. Yeah, I think you got Gurley in one league. You said you got Watkins. Oh, I crush, sat Watkins. I had Watkins on the bench in one league. Yeah, quick for me. Like, I agree with you in the Gurley thing. He he is the focal point, and that schedule is front loaded. But if Jared Goff continues to take the steps forward, and these receivers start to you know get involved like they did in this game, then you're gonna have to worry about them a little bit, and it'll give Gurley a little more little more run run to work with. Carlos Hyde looks good, but again, he got banged up a little bit. That's always a concern with Hyde to stay healthy. And Pierre Garçon's a receiver that gets no respect. Just goes out there and produces wherever he is. 
I would be remiss if I did not send this to my partner. Bears 23, Steelers 17 in overtime. Should I go get a snack? Because you may be going here for 20 minutes. Go ahead. Yeah, this is, you know, this is a typical Steeler road game. I've watched this so many times, and, you know, you are anti-road, and you, you nailed this one right, and you get this one right a lot. Not that they played bad. They just don't do enough on the road to win this game. You know, Roethlisberger goes out 235 yards and a touchdown. Opening play of this game, they took a shot to Bryant. He missed him by about two inches, maybe changed his complexion of this game. But regardless, he missed it. Steelers, you know, Ben, 235 and a touchdown. You expect more, but again, typical Steeler road game. Le'Veon Bell starting to warm up a little bit, okay? 15 carries, 61 yards. He does find the end zone, so he gets that average up to four. A clip in that game was involved more, caught six passes for 37 yards. So if there was any panic about Le'Veon Bell, I'd start to put that aside. He is going to be just fine. Antonio Brown is fantasy Jesus. He's 10 for 110 and a touchdown. You can just count on this every week. The guy is going to catch balls. Roethlisberger looks his way. It doesn't matter if there's three guys on him. He looks for him every time, Great player. Great every player. chance. Great player. He's just—he really is. I mean, he's just a—it's a fun guy to watch. He's—he, you know, look, you could put him up against Julio, you could put him up against Beckham, but yeah, you know, look, I may be biased, but for me, he's the best wide receiver in the game because he just produces every week. Julio has those games where he's non-existent, and so does Odell once in a while. Uh, like you said, Martavis Bryant non-existent two for thirty. Jesse James, if you played him as a tight end, disappointed two for nineteen, but he did get banged up in that game as well. The biggest tight end play in this game was Vance McDonald. Darn right. Well done. You well done, man. Well, no, I else? love it, man. You get paid a lot of money to run that ball, Scott, to get to run him down. Good job by Vance McDonald. Yeah, for the Bears' sake, that did not cost him. But if you don't know what we're talking about, at the end of the first half, Chris Boswell lines up for a field goal. The Bears block it. Marcus Cooper picks it up, and he is running for the end zone for a touchdown. He decides he wants to pull up at the three-yard line and get ready to prepare his celebration. Well, guess what? Celebration didn't happen. Vance McDonald chasing all the way, knocks the ball out. It results in the Bears getting an untimed down, which results in a field goal. But that four points could have made a difference. It didn't. The Bears win this game in overtime thanks to Jordan Howard. Let me get to Mike Lennon first. So Mike Lennon, 101 yards, a touchdown on the pick. He was really just there to hand the ball off to Jordan Howard and also Tariq Cohen. Howard, like I said earlier, 23, 136, and two touchdowns. If you didn't see this game, he came out of this game three or four times. He's favoring that right shoulder, so that would be some concern, especially with the Bears on a short turnaround Thursday night. So we'll have to monitor that and see how that goes. But he ran hard against the Steelers defense that was great against the run through the first two games. He played well. He looked good. And if he's healthy, ride him out, see how he goes forward. Tariq Cohn was also involved in this game at the backfield. He had 12 for 78. They picked apart the Steelers defense on the ground game. So it looks like you got a two-headed monster if Howard does his part. That, that could be something good for the Bears out there. Receivers-wise, there's really nothing to talk about on the receivers, so I'm just going to talk about Howard and Cohen. Howard 5 for 26. Cohen 4 for 24. I don't even know if the Bears have a wide receiver that lined up in this game. <laughs> so over, overall, it's a it, it's a bad road loss for the Steelers. They probably looked ahead next week. Baltimore Ravens, it's that typical NFC AFC North showdown. So, you know, if you're a fan of that smash mouth football, I think even if the Ravens aren't the same, we don't know what they are. I mean, they got smashed. We'll talk about that later. But the Steelers might have looked ahead. But it's a typical road game in the Tomlin era against a team they should beat. They kept them in it. They were down by 10. They got it tied. Lose the coin toss, and then Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen go nuts in overtime, and the Steelers lose that game. It was a great game. Great job by Jordan Howard. Really interesting, Scott. I, I swear to you this is true. I'm sitting down here trying to clean the house. we got people coming over on Sunday, and I heard that Jordan Howard was a full go. It was 12.35 because I looked at the clock. And you know what I said? I go, man, that's a good DFS play today. This new thing, Scott, where there's no probables, it's only questionable, messes with your mind a little bit. If I knew that Jordan Howard was healthy, 
they're going to have to control the ball against Pittsburgh. If they're going to play well, which you know I thought they would, they're not going to play well by firing it to Zach Miller all day long. They're going to have to run the ball. So I saw that he was a full go, and I'm like, man, I wish I would have known that five minutes ago. But you know what? That's the way it is. Tariq Cohen's explosive. They controlled the ball. Listen, everybody struggles on the road. As much as I make fun of the Steelers, Scott, it's not the Steelers. Everybody struggles on the road. And this is the way it is. But great win for the Bears. Fox has got them playing well. Like you said, they don't have a wide receiver. And quick note on that DFS and Jordan Howard. In the lineup that won the million in DraftKings, Jordan Howard was on that lineup. 35.4 points. He was owned 0.6%. And you're talking about a tournament with over 340,000 entries. Scott, I'm telling you, I would have played him. I thought of it 1235. I looked down here because I'm like, why not? <laughs> but it was too late. I thought he was injured. Yeah, it would have been a good play, but you know what? That questionable thing does mess with you. It messes with me. Listen, full disclosure, I have him in two two leagues that I was able to get him in. Sat him in one, played him in another. The one I sat him in, if I play him, I probably win. Wow. Next game on the NFC docket, just talked about that a little while ago too. The Saints went to Carolina. I thought Carolina was phony. I thought the Saints were due. Saints go in, beat the Panthers relatively easy. Talk about the fantasy implications from this one. Yeah, you, you're on the Panthers, man. I mean, you had this one pegged hook, line, and sinker. The Panthers stink. That's what it is. If Cam Newton can't do this, Scott, against the Saints defense that I think was worst against fantasy wide receivers and second worst against fantasy running backs coming to the game, and they have two starting cornerbacks out, he's never doing it. And they were home, Scott. 167 yards, three interceptions. He's droppable. I have no interest. Jay Stu did okay. 12 rushes of 57 yards. That's more than four yards of carry. The problem is it was game script. They were down too big. McCaffrey, not going to run well, but he is going to catch well. He's a guy you need to get. You need to target with no Greg Olson. Kelvin Benjamin got injured. He was out of this game. You got to target McCaffrey because those are the type of passes that Cam Newton can actually complete right now because those are the only ones that are accurate. Scott's so done with Devin Funchess. I put him in my DFS lineup. I did cash. I cashed for $40. I could have won a lot more. I put Funchess in there because I thought that this is the game that Newton would actually do a decent job. I'm done. He's a former tight end from college. He's too slow. I'm done with him. He's not a wide receiver. Even with Kelvin Benjamin out, I think his his production is going to be sporadic. So I'm off the Kelvin Benjamin thing, 458. Dixon, nice guy. He's just not going to get into the lineup, and he can't get open, so I'm passing on him. As far as the Saints, I put a tweet out earlier this week. Be careful of the narrative. Breeze on the road. When he's in Carolina, he does really well. Sure enough, he was efficient. 220 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. It's a shame, Scott, that this backfield is so messed up as it is. Listen, Mark Ingram's the best running back in the backfield. I'm done with it. Absolutely. This. He's absolutely, absolutely the best running back. It makes no sense. Two catches, 30 yards, 14 rushes, 56 yards. The Adrian Peterson thing is gone. I'm convinced, Scott, that they only brought Adrian Peterson in because Ingram has gotten hurt each of the last three years. I think he's insurance, but that's hot. That's that's expensive insurance, man, because Alvin Kamara is pretty decent too. Kamara caught his first touchdown catch here, uh, got in the end zone, two rushes, 37 yards, and he actually caught one as well. So he's somebody you may want to target. And Scott, how about the Ted getting revenge game? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, don't, I, I don't know if I classify two for 44 revenge game. Wait, right till, wait, wait till I push my luck on Thursday because he's going back to Miami too for this back-to-back revenge games. Two for 44 with a touchdown. Uh, Michael Thomas, you talked about him. He was due. Seven catches, 87 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Fleener, no thanks. Uh, Caroline's really good against tight ends, so we told you to stay away from this one. One reception, 21 yards. Uh, Saints 34, save their season. Pa- uh, save their season. Panthers 13. Uh, Saints are, are hanging in there. Panthers are not good. Yeah, Panthers are no good. I was a little disappointed. I was hoping maybe Ed Dixon could kind of fill down that role that Greg Olson left, you know, but against against a defense that he should have been able to do it against, 
nothing there. One for eight. So, yeah, like I said, I thought the Panthers were phony. They're still phony, and I think it might be a long season in Carolina. Here's one of the best games of the day, if not the best. Falcons, 30, Lions, 26. You had drama. You had scoring. You had everything. Scott, break it down. Uh, I was looking forward to this game all week. You know, I liked the Lions going into this game. I thought the Falcons might have a little bit of a letdown. Um, you know, and I thought this game on paper was a good one, and it turned out to be a very good game. Falcons win this game 30-26. to 26. Start with the Atlanta side. Matt Ryan, 294, two touchdowns. Does throw three, three interceptions, but, you know, take that. It's on the road. The Lions defense, you know, they give up 30. They've played pretty well, I think. You know, made some plays. So, take you know, don't take anything away from Matt Ryan. He still did what he did. Devontae Freeman has got a stranglehold on the rushing portion of this of this backfield, I believe. 21 carries, 106 of the touchdown. He is a every-week start with RB1 potential absolutely every single week. Tevin Coleman went six for 46. He, you know, the yards per carry are good, but just not enough touches in the backfield to merit maybe an RB1, maybe definitely RB2 potential if he can stay on the field. Receivers, Julio Jones, seven for 91. You're playing him regardless. It doesn't matter. Taylor Gabriel, like you said, he woke up on, on the turf indoors, five for 79 in the touchdown. But the thing with Taylor Gabriel, it's it's there's no consistency. He's not there on a weekly basis, so it's tough to really tell you to play Taylor Gabriel on a week-to-week basis. I know you like Mohamed Sanu. He gets a touchdown, but only four catches, 28 yards, but he still finds the end zone. And then Freeman and Coleman add their receptions in the backfield. Three for 32 for Freeman, three for 43 for Coleman. On the Lions side, what were they, an inch away from winning this game? i got to be honest with you, real speed, I thought they won this game. But you have to yeah. look, at a, look at a review. It's a tough one. It was a tough it's call. It's a tough one, man. You know. Yeah, you know what, Scott? I saw a picture. Uh, we, we both write for a last word on pro football, and I saw a picture, and that convinced me. But you know what, Scott? I went and rewatched it on NFL um, NFL replay. Here's what I'm going to tell you. You know what, man? This is my view, and it's my view on that Des Bryant catch from a few years ago in Green Bay. If it's that close, Scott, the tie goes to the play. Yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I agree. It, it should go to the play. That's it. Enough. And yeah, of course, I had his vested interest in this. I took the Lions plus three, but regardless – to me, it was called it was called the touchdown on the field initially. I don't see how that could have been overturned. I think Tate got in. I, I just don't see there was enough to say no, it wasn't. So that was a real, real tough one for the Lions there. But Matt Stafford, efficient, 264 in a touchdown, did not turn the ball over, which is a good thing. Amir Abdullah, 14 for 47, not great, but he led the team in carries. Theo Riddick didn't even run the ball. I give you out on DFS, so that's a bad one on my part. We saw Zach Zenner. He, he, he showed up, decided to play three carries, five yards. He's irrelevant right now. Receivers, Golden Tate, 7 for 58 and a touchdown. Probably should have been more. Probably should have had two touchdowns. Unfortunately, does not get that done. Theo Riddick, 4 for 38 in the backfield. He is the pass-catching running back. He will get most of that action. Abdullah had 3 for 39. Kenny Galladay, 2 for 25. Marvin Jones, 3 for 24. And again, Eric Ebron disappeared. It's a week-to-week thing. You never know where he's going to be. He disappeared, 2 for 9. Overall, very exciting game. I still think the Lions are for real. I know they lose this game, go to 2-1. and But I like the Lions in this division. I don't think this loss puts them back anyway. They hung in there with the NFC champs. Probably should have won this game, but they didn't. But this was a very, very good game. Next one on the docket, Minnesota. The Case Keenum-led Minnesota Vikings hosting the Jameis Winston. You tried to trade him to me, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How did this game turn out in Minnesota? Yeah, I was real dis- I'm real frustrated w- with the benching of Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs is really good. Uh, I saw a tweet from Jacob Ripgrode out there at Clutch Fantasy. He said, can we just be clear? Stefan Diggs is the best receiver from the draft, not Amari Cooper from that year, which was interesting. Uh, Keenum's okay. His throws were not great, Scott, but when he's home, I mean, it's serviceable. Listen, Tampa Bay came in banged up. They smoked uh, the Bears in, in, the, in their home opener, but their defense is a little banged up right now, and you can certainly beat them with the pass. Giants go down there next week. So looking at it, uh, start with Tampa Bay. Jameis Winston, 328, two touchdowns, three interceptions. Listen, Scott, he had three interceptions. He did have two touchdowns, but they were in garbage time. So I don't think it's fair. I don't think that you can really draw much of a conclusion here. He struggled against the Vikings defense, which a lot of people are going to do. 
Jacquez Rogers, five for 15. People are saying, oh, Doug Martin, Doug Martin. Folks, if Doug Martin's there, he's not running either against the Vikings defense. So I don't think you put this on Jacquez Rogers. Djax, feast or famine, he's best ball for it, catches 84 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Mike Evans, I think, by the way, if you're a Mike Evans owner, Scott, I think you're encouraged by this line against Xavier Rhodes. <laughs> seven catches, 67 yards, because Xavier Rhodes shuts on anybody. If you get 13.7 points in a PPR league, I think you got to take it when you got Xavier Rhodes. Cameron Gray, uh, Brait, four touchdowns, four hour receptions, 33 yards and a touchdown, but he got popped on the touchdown. He may be in the concussion protocol, which means you should be aware of OJ Howard, who only had one catch for 12 yards, but Giants are terrible against tight ends. They have no linebackers, so that may be a play moving forward. Look over to the Vikings. Dalvin Cook, tremendous play all around. He could run it. He can catch it. He was great. Five catches, 72 yards, 27 rushes, 97 yards, and a touchdown. He is one of the top three fantasy backs in the league right now. Stefan Diggs, eight catches, 173 and two. Adam Thielen still hanging around, five catches, 98. Did a nice job as well. Always seems to get Scott one of those 40 yard catches. Always seems to have one he of those. Does. He's, he's a perfect, perfect <laughs> slot receiver. Yeah, he really is. Really perfect is, slot yeah, receiver. 100%. Edelman was a great comparison, you said. And Kyle Rudolph, one for four. I'm not a big Kyle Rudolph guy. I think there's just so many options right now. If Diggs or Thielen were to get hurt, Rudolph will pick up. But right now, he's just hanging in to block because their offensive line still isn't great. So Rudolph is still being asked to block a lot. But overall, Vikings recover. They're waiting for Bradford to come back. Teddy Bridgewater's lurking. Buccaneers, we really don't know much about. Vikings are good. Buccaneers are banged up. We really don't know what we got in Tampa Bay yet. But we do know that you know certainly they're going to throw a lot. Djax is a feast or famine play. But this one is about Diggs, it's Thielen, it's Cook, and it's Case Keenum. Who started him? Negative point zero in DFS? Yeah, no, nobody had him. <laughs> Dalvin, Dalvin Cook's for real, folks. Second in the lead in rushing. This kid can play. He's the, he's the bell cow in Minnesota. Forget Latavius Murray and forget Jurek McKinnon. Dalvin Cook may be the rookie of the year, possibly. All right, so now we'll, uh, we'll head down to Philadelphia, Scott. Eagles 27, Giants 24. A lot of drama here. And a kicker who was cut made a 61-yard field goal. Fire away. Yeah, this one, you know, talked about this last week. The Giants, it, it, it panic should start to set in now. I mean, the Giants finally woke up in this game. They put up some points. They stink. Eli Giants Manning stink. Fi- finally found his receivers, but you can hear a lot of crickets now on social media, Facebook, all this stuff. All these Giant fans talking about Super Bowl bound before they even played a game. You're going to start to hear a lot of crickets now in uh, the tri-state area for the Giants. Let's get to the line. No, Eli Manning, 366 yards, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. The funny thing about Giant fans, too, in this game, Eli Manning has his best game of the year by far, and they're still calling for McAdoo's head, the coach. He finally gets him, gets him involved. He makes plays offensively, and they're still calling for the coach's head. You know, he finally woke up Manning. There is no run game to talk about for the Giants. Per- Paul Perkins stinks. Orleans Darkwell won't get enough touches to be relevant. On the receiving side, Sterling Shepard, who was one of my sleepers going in, nice game, 7 for 133, probably should have had three touchdowns. They two of them overturned, gets one on a big break breakaway play to give the Giants lead late. Unfortunately, the Giants cannot hold on to that. Odell Beckham looked healthy, nine catches for 79 yards and two touchdowns. I'd rather he doesn't lift his dog, lift his leg like a dog and, you know, like he's urinating on the Eagles' sidelines in the field, but so be it, that's what that is. Brandon Marshall, we found him, 8 for 66. So from an offensive standpoint, the Giants woke up. It was the defense this time that let them down. They could not make the stops. The Eagles win this game 27-24. Wentz, I think both of us expected more out of Wentz. 176 yards at a touchdown, but, you know, enough to get the job done. Big news out of this game is Darren Sproles is going to be out for the year. Looks like he tore his ACL and broke his arm at the same play. So real tough break for Darren Sproles. So a guy you're probably going to want to pay attention to, and he got some action, Wendell Smallwood. 12 for 71 and zero touchdowns. And a killer for me in one of my leagues. I had him sitting on my bench. I dropped him for the Eagles defense before the game. Brutal. He's now got to fight for him on the waiver wire. 12 for 71 for Smallwood. LeGarrette Blunt showed up. 12 for 67 in his touchdown. And rookie Corey Clement ran in the touchdown for the Eagles. Receiving side, you know, 
Alshon Jeffrey, four for 56. Probably, again, expected a little bit more from him, but he's just been a little inconsistent there. But my guy, Zach Ertz, did it again, scored again. Eight catches, 55 yards. Zach Ertz continues to be a top-five tight end. And the rest of the way, really not much to talk about on the Eagles' side. Listen, Eagles win this game 27-24. This kid, rookie, hits a 61-yard field goal, and he probably had about a yard and a half to spare. Great kick, under pressure for a rookie. Giants going to have to rebound. I mean, 0-3. You can't really afford any more losses. Luckily, this division is still... In, within reach, but they, they better get right to ship really fast. Yeah, imagine that kick was indoor. Scott, he could have made it from 70. Two quick things for me. Number one, McAdoo should be fired for simply on fourth and one from the goal line. One yard to go. He runs the ball up the middle. You can't run the ball. You haven't run the ball. The Eagles have a good defense, and now you're going to run the ball. Now you're going to try to run the ball fourth and one. Just a terrible call. Sneak it. If you're going to do that, then you might as well sneak it. At least you can, can maybe yeah, get it. Yeah, let Eli do it. Uh, it's ridiculous. And, of course, one more thing, Scott. How's Tom Coughlin doing, huh? <laughs> it's your guy. You had a little bit of a connection to Tom Coughlin. You've been saying it since day one. And our relationship ended up sour. Two touchdowns. Giant fans don't have two, t- two Super Bowl titles. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame, and you get rid of him. He's down in Jacksonville, and they're blitzing people in London. <laughs> Yeah, he's still got 13, 13 games to go, but right now they have no all-line. The defense is a little overrated, and you know the quarterback still gets skittish at times. But, you know, listen, Giant fans, you hold out a little bit of hope, but you're running out of time. Next one, another game. You were all over this one in overtime. Packers beat the Bengals 27-24. You like the Bengals a lot in this game. Fantasy impact from this one. What came out of this? What did we learn? Yeah, I, I'm psyched. I'm 3-0. and I'm trying to hang on the Cardinals here, but the Cowboys are up 14-7, trying to go 4-0 in the week on the picks. Scott, it's very simple. The thing about changing offensive coordinators, and I think Aikman mentioned the broadcast, that's a big deal. Here's why, Scott. The Packers' defense is not good. <laughs> they don't have a good defense right now. So they don't know what to prep for. They don't know what to expect. A.J. Green having a big game was the most predictable thing I've ever seen in my life. But the Bengals are prideful. Listen, I know Andy Dalton's been terrible, but he does have talent. He finishes the number four quarterback in fantasy one year. You just have to think about the law of averages. Eventually, he's going to be okay. And it's not like the Packers are going to be blitzing out of their mind like the 2000 Ravens defense. So I thought they would keep it close. I thought there was a good chance to win the game. Rodgers is still very not with it. His timing is off a little bit. Uh, They did shut down Montgomery. Geno Atkins and those guys up front were tough. Uh, Jordy Nelson looked like he's starting to get there. He had two touchdowns. He's starting to get there. And then no Randall Cobb. So to me, this was an easy one, Scott. couple things. Here we go. Andy Dalton's fine. Uh, they do have an easy schedule, man. So if you want to start Dalton on a bye week, I know you think I'm nuts. I think it's a possibility. He's at Cleveland this week. I would certainly start him and be confident in it if you wanted to do that. I know it's on the road. I'm just saying for a bye week replacement, you're looking for 250 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. I think Dalton can be fine. As far as the running backs, folks, go out and get Joe Mixon. It's Joe Mixon's job. He's making a turn. I know their line isn't great, but Gio Bernard is going to do what Gio Bernard does, and and Jeremy Hill should be cut soon. So Joe Mixon is the guy to get. 18 rushes, 62 yards. You may want to try to trade for him right now. AJ Green, welcome back. 10 receptions, 111 yards, and a touchdown. Joe Mixon caught three balls, Scott. Bernard had a receiving touchdown. Overall, listen, the Bengals aren't going to have a great season. I understand that, but they do have an easy schedule. Warren Sharp talked about it. So don't give up the fantasy value on the Bengals thinking they're going 0-16. They're not making the playoffs. I get it. But I think there's value here because people are going to start to jump ship. As for the Packers, Aaron Rodgers really didn't have a great game, 313 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Enough. Boy, Scott, I can't fall asleep at night thinking about Ty Montgomery. Here's why. I'm invested in Ty Montgomery in so many different leagues, right? Here's the problem. I think he's going to get hurt on every single play. Every time he carries the ball, I'm petrified. 
I'm totally yeah. petrified. And listen, his opportunity share, man, is like 85%. I mean, he's the only game in town. He got injured and came back in the game again. But Scott, I don't know if I can handle this. Yeah, I don't and know I, think I, I, think, I think I'd be worried about his opportunity share coming up Thursday night in a short week, too. I You're think you'll see a little right. more Jamal Williams this week. So be, Scott, well oh. said. 100% agree. But I honestly, I bet he get a lot for him. So I'm thinking of trading for him. He had eight receptions, 15 yards, odd line. But he, and then 12 rushes for 35 yards. His opportunity share is so great. Here's my point. Suppose I trade him for Amir Abdullah and then try to upgrade somewhere else. I mean, I think that's the type of trade that you can make. Geronimo Allison, six receptions, 122 yards. You're not starting him when Randall Cobb comes back. Um, Devontae Adams, three receptions, 60 yards. I did, Scott, like seeing Devontae Adams with some juke moves. You go this way, I go that way. I think he's a trade target as well because I think he's going to get better. Jordy Nelson is is ne- next to An- Antonio Brown. Jordy Nelson is next to automatic thing in terms of touchdowns here for fantasy. Uh, Lance Kendrick's a t- TD. You know what that means? You're not touching any tight ends on, on, the, on the Packers. Richard Rodgers, my man, didn't have a big game. Uh, Lance Kendrick's, <laughs> Martellus Bennett. If you have a three-headed monster, you have a no-headed monster, you're not interested. Martellus Bennett three for 12. So quick takeaways. Nice win by the Packers. I thought it would be close. They covered. I was very happy about that. Andy Dalton shows sign of life. Bill Lazor's short pass game is good. I think Green's going to be a monster in PPR, and I like him next week going to Cleveland. As for the Pack, I think it's a very interesting game, man, on Thursday with the Chicago, with the Chicago Bears. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, for me, the biggest takeaway to this game is on the Bengals side. I think Joe Mixon shows you that he, you know, he's going to be the guy. So yeah, if you could you could buy Joe Mixon, I'd take that chance and go get him now. So that was a good sign. I think he separates himself from the running backs in Cincinnati. All right, last game and Sunday night, Scott. Redskins twenty seven, Raiders ten. Redskins were all over the Raiders here. Talk to us. Yeah, this game was uh over from the get go. I mean the Raiders, just like I said earlier, did not show up. The Redskins look like world beaters. Look, if the Redskins can play like this on offense on a week-to-week basis, they're, they're a dangerous team. Um, started with the Raiders. They come come to the East Coast again. That finally catches up to them. They lose this game. Derek Carr, 118 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. Cost me a league. I lose by three points. Thought I'd win this one easy with him. Unfortunately, I lose it because he just did not show up, as did the rest of the team. Marshawn Lynch, 6 for 18. Look, I was skeptical about Marshawn Lynch. He's had a couple good games. He's, had, he's been off a little bit. Yeah, I don't know if you can trust Marshawn Lynch to be in a week-in, week-out RB1. I mean, Jalen Richard's there. De- uh, DeAndre Washington's there. So there are other backs that get involved. So I'd watch out for Lynch. I just don't know if he's a full-season RB1 with the Raiders. On the receiving side, you're only you know Crabtree and Cooper combined two catches for 13 yards. So just an absolute no-show for both of them. And Jared Took picks up the touchdown for 43 yards on four catches for the Raiders. The Redskins side, I gave you Kirk Cousins as a DFS play. He was my number one quarterback this week, 365 yards, three touchdowns. He went out and did what he was supposed to do in this game. You know, I think I, I think the nice uh, nice shining light here was with Rob Kelly out. I think a lot of people were looking at Samaje Ryan as a guy, but you know, Chris Thompson was unbelievably effective in this game. And, you know, this is three weeks in a row with 20-plus points on a DFS, DFS level. So he's top 20 points three weeks in a row in DraftKings. So someone you're going to watch, his ownership's going to go up. But he goes to eight carries, 38 yards, and then he adds six catches for 150 yards and a touchdown. So Chris Thomas, Chris Thompson with Rob Kelly out, if he's out any extended time, might be someone to target because he gives you both aspects, passing and receiving, uh, running and receiving. Samaji Piran first started for him, 19 carries, 49 yards. Um, receiver side, talked about Thompson. Vernon Davis looked like the Vernon Davis from 10 years ago. Jordan Reed out. Surprise, surprise, Jordan Reed didn't play. Vernon Davis, five catches, 58 yards and a touchdown. Jamison Crowder, 6-for-52. The biggest disappointment here for me is now three weeks. Terrell Pryor just cannot get on the same page with Kirk Cousins. Awful, I just, I, I, you know, listen, two catches, 19 yards. 
Not ready to jump ship just yet. Like, you know, this was a nice offensive game by the by the Redskins. Let's see. Give another week or two, but you got to be a little bit worried about Pryor. Josh Dotson, a 52-yard touchdown. No one really playing him yet, but it was a beautiful catch. If you saw it, it was a nice catch. He went up and got it over two defenders and then brought it into the end zone. So what I take away from this is the Redskins look good offensively. The Raiders, the East Coast trips finally caught up to them. The Raiders will be fine. They're just as good a team as they were going into this week. But the Redskins, a little bit of a statement, beating a good team at home in prime time, that they're going to try to contend in this NFC East as well. Only thing I got here is, is this, Scott. I'm a huge Samaj P. Ryan guy. I've been on him the whole time. I'm done with him. I'm dropping him tomorrow in all my leagues. I'll tell you why. He did not look good. He looked slow. He didn't hit the, the hole hard. I believe that you have to go by a – I like the metrics. You know that. I'm a metrics guy. But I also think there's an eye test. I think there's a feel. It's much like poker. I've said this fantasy football all the time. Fantasy fo- football and poker are very close. In the end, Scott – if Rob Kelly goes out and breaks his leg tomorrow, Samaj P. Ryan just isn't ready to take over the workload. He's slow. He doesn't hit the hole fast. So I know a big team backfield guy, but I'm off of P. Ryan. I'm dropping him. Sounds good. Quarter three. Hit it. All right. AFC games. London. The NFL's back in London. Jaguars, Ravens. I can tell you one team that doesn't want to go back to London. That's the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> Your Tom Coughlin-led Jacksonville Jaguars. He's, he's in the organization. All of a sudden, they're world beaters. Talk about it. Meetings start five minutes early. Now, I'll tell you this. I said it, and I'll say it again this week when we're talking about the Saints traveling out there with Miami. Scott, weird stuff happens in London. I've watched these games now every year, stuff that makes no sense. I was saying I'm waiting for the Chris Ivory touchdown. You know what I got, Scott? The Mercedes Lewis three touchdown game. Weird stuff happens in London. What annoys me is I knew that Marshall Yanda being out for the Ravens was a huge deal. I knew that. But I didn't know if the Jags were going to treat this as a home game. Right, I didn't know if this was going to hurt both teams. If this game was in Jacksonville, I would have been all over this game. But weird stuff happens in London. But more weird stuff happened for the Ravens. Joe Flacco, Scott threw for twenty-eight yards. I don't even know what to say about that. Okay, I don't even know why. I don't know why we're putting it out there, but we have to. But unbelievable, twenty-eight yards, twenty two yards. Picks. So no interest in him. The backfield got messier. I have no idea why Buck Allen wasn't featured early. Okay, it was Terrence West. He seemed a little banged up. And then, of course, Alex Collins comes in when the game's out of reach and looks fantastic. So that backfield is a mess. I want nothing to do with any of it. Scott, for one of the Austin Hooper drops, I picked up Ben Watson. I feel dirty about getting this touchdown. I mean, Ryan Mallett to Ben Watson in a 44-0 game. Three catches, 12 yards, one touchdown. I mean, he's okay. He's not great. He is old, folks. So, I mean, I think they're better options. But if you were really stuck, would I take Ben Watson over Jack Doyle? Sure. Okay. Uh, Buck Allen had five catches. Jeremy Macklin, I'm done with. He's hurt. He's in. He's out. He doesn't get a lot of yards. And Joe Flacco can't throw the ball either. Mike Wallace, I think you got to hit the Undertaker theme. I think he's done. So, nothing on the Ravens. Blake Bortles, 244 yards, four touchdowns. I'll tell you why Blake Bortles was good in this game, Scott. They let him throw when you would run. When you would expect a run, Bortles would throw. He'd throw early, and that threw the Ravens off, and he got into a rhythm. Listen, he's going to be okay from time to time, but I think this is the first game we've seen, Scott, where he did not have garbage time points in, what, three years? Yeah, um, and he had no pressure in London, too. You're not in a home game. He's not true. in his own stadium. He's not getting booed out of the building, so I think that added the cause, Scott, too. Scott, that's in his wheelhouse. Are you kidding me? Uh, Leonard Fournette, again, he's real solid. 17 rushes, 59 yards, and a touchdown. He looks like a bell cow. This is the year of the rookie bell cows. It's not one or two. It looks like it's all of them. Uh, Marquise Lee. Got the majority of the targets. Allen Hearns got the touchdown. Three catches, 20 yards, and a touchdown for Allen Hearns. Uh, Marquise Lee, I still like him a little better moving forward, Scott. Maybe that's me with the Titanic. But it seems like he gets the majority of the looks, and I kind of like that. Four receptions, 65 yards. Don't ask me if you're going to start Mercedes Lewis. If you're asking me that question, then you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. Chris (laughs) Chris Ivory, two (laughs) catches, 25 yards. Uh, Overall, Scott, you know, bashing by the Jaguars. But this is what I'll tell you. 
I'm going to tell you this right now. If you think that the Steelers are going to go into Baltimore after they were embarrassed, not you, but people in general, and you think the Steelers are going to win this game 30 nothing, you're out of your mind. No, I, I I, mean, I think people have seen this this rivalry enough to know that right. regardless of what direction these teams are going, there's not going to be a 30 to nothing yes. game here. I mean, now, you, right. you know how this is going to go. Now, Scott, this game is in Pittsburgh. It's 50 nothing Pittsburgh. Okay, but because the game's in Baltimore, I think it's going to be close. But honestly, I don't know who you're starting in this game for the Ravens, so not much to say. Bangers and mash, Coughlin, five minutes early, 44-7 Jacksonville. Yeah, I got nothing to say in this. I mean, uh, the Raven receivers are terrible. They don't exist. The running game is in flux. This is the Ravens. Like I said, they'll be, you know what? They'll go out and put 21 up next week and be in a three-point game with two minutes to go. Oh, Scott, Trevor Simeon has six touchdown passes. Oh, Scott, C.J. Anderson is the second coming of Billy Sims. The Bills stink. Vegas knows. Break it down. Why are you so excited about this game, my friend? Because, because I'm, I'm not buying you were the Broncos. All over the Buffalo I'm, Bills. Because I'm not buying the Broncos. It's anti-Bronco sentiment. That's why. You know what? Well, I got to give you credit. You're all over this. This was your, this was one of your locks of the week. You love the Buffalo Bills. Going in at home, hosting the Broncos. Broncos look like world beaters at home. Trevor Simeon, number four fantasy quarterback. Everybody's picking him up. Everybody's picking him up. Guess what? Everybody's dropping him now. The Broncos lose this game, twenty-six <laughs> sixteen to the Bills. Trevor Simeon, 259 yards, zero touchdowns, two picks. He looked like Trevor Simeon we know and love. Now, it's only one game, so I'm not going to crucify the kid, but let's see what else they do going forward. But again, not a good outing there for Simeon. The running game, more equal this time. Uh, Jamal Charles gets nine carries for 56 yards and a touchdown. C.J. Anderson, eight for 36. I know you're not high on C.J. Anderson. I still like C.J. Anderson a little bit because I still think he's going to be the lead back, but I can understand where you're coming with that. But for me, I'd still roll with C.J. Anderson as the number one. I think game flow determined this one is Jamal Charles. Probably a little bit of a better catching back. So he got a little more action with the Bills trailing. Wide receivers, you know, there's only two to talk about for the for the Broncos. They both showed up, just didn't score. Thomas, six for 98. Emmanuel Sanders, seven for 75. Mando Sanders is one of those just reliable receivers. I don't think it's enough recognition. He goes out, he makes his catches, he gets his yards week in, week out. So Sanders is definitely, you know, wide receiver two, borderline low wide receiver one on certain weeks, depending on matchups. On the Bills side, listen, the Bills won this game. Tyrod Taylor, 213, two touchdowns. Talked about that earlier. Wins games, plays well. Believe it or not, the Bills are tied for first in the AFCs. Can you believe that? After three weeks of two and one, he runs eight carries, 13 yards. A little bit of concern. I'm not going to jump, go crazy, but a little bit of concern here for LaShawn McCoy. 14 carries, 21 yards. This now puts him for two weeks. In his last two games, he has 28 yards rushing on 23 carries. So I just don't know if that's game script. He's just not finding the holes. You know, I'm not going to say you're going to jump ship off LaShawn McCoy because he's still a fantasy, fantasy gold PPR machine. But it's a little bit concerning, I think, when you get 28 yards in two weeks on 23 carries. Mike Tolbert got some action, 11 for 41. And in the receiving game, that's where McCoy picks it up, and that's where he keeps you afloat, 7 for 48. So PPR full point, you know, you looked at 11.8 just on the receiving side. Charles Clay, another guy you were all over. You enjoyed him. You liked him this week. He was probably a, probably a DFS play for you, I would, if I had to guess. Yeah, it six was, catches, was. Six, six catches, 39 yards. He gets a touchdown. And Jordan Matthews, only three catches, but 61 yards. I think Jordan Matthews will slowly take over that number one role. He's That's what he was brought there for. Over time, I think he gets a better report with Tyrod Taylor. So what do we take from this game? You were right. The Bills win this game 26-16. Trevor Simeon back to earth. A little bit of a log jam in the Denver backfield. I still think it's C.J. Anderson. And again, I'm not going crazy, but I think the rushing yards from McCoy the past weeks concern me just a little bit. Scott, only thing I have in this game, trade for LaShawn McCoy. Here's why. They got the Falcons. He'll probably be okay there. At the Bengals, probably will be tough. Then a bye. Ready? 
Buccaneers home, Raiders home, at the Jets won't be easy. Home Saints, at the Chargers, Kareem Hunt just took them apart. At the Chiefs, not terrible right now. Home Patriots, home Colts, home Dolphins, at Patriots during the end of the year. I think LeSean McCoy is a buy low right now if you can get him. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I can see that angle. He just concerns me a little bit, but you're going to be able to buy him low right now. So, you know, if you want him, go for him. All right, Mike, Colts, Browns. We talked about this one, like you just said a little while ago. Jacoby Brissett, I like, you know, I liked what he did. He was one of my fantasy winners this week. Colts beat the Browns 31-28. Actually, a little bit of fantasy uh, implications, I guess. You know, some guys showed up, some guys didn't. Colts. Browns, let me know what happened. Scott, how many quarterbacks threw for three interceptions? <laughs> Deshaun Kaiser had three interceptions as well. He wasn't bad. He's going to be frisky at home. I think he's a decent play at home if you're on a bye week because he's going to get some rushing yards. He had 44 rushing yards and a touchdown. He's doing a decent job like Deshaun Watson. Really going to be okay. Isaiah Crowell, squeaky wheel, did not get oil. 12 rushes, 44 yards. I still like Isaiah Crowell here, Scott. He's not as involved in the passing game as I would like, but I think you got to buy him low. He's going to be okay. Duke Johnson was great. Duke Johnson, two rushes, 23 yards and a touchdown, six rushes, six catches, 81 yards for Duke. Moving forward also, I think Kenny Britt is a waiver wire pickup. It seemed like he's the only receiver they have there. Rashard Higgins does not have a good metric profile and did not play well against a Colt defense that is not great without Vontae Davis. So I think if you're looking for a receiver, maybe Kenny Britt finally woke up a little bit here. He certainly has the profile and someone's got to catch the ball with Corey Coleman out. David Njoku, you know I'm a big fan. He's not getting the um, the volume, but he's getting the touchdowns, had another touchdown. Touchdown here, two receptions, 12 yards. We talked about T.Y. Hilton, Scott. I don't know why I didn't play him in DFS. So frustrating. But he does do a decent job, especially at home without Andrew Luck, and he showed. Seven receptions, 153 yards, and a touchdown. He was fantastic. Dante Moncrief kind of in the doghouse there. There seems to be some tension with Chuck Pagano and Dante Moncrief. He only had two catches, 44 yards. And sometimes, Scott, fantasy doesn't make any sense. Colts are home. Jack Doyle was great last week. The Browns are terrible against tight ends. Uh, they were missing their linebacker there, Jamie Collins, and he only had two catches, 16 yards. Sometimes it doesn't make and sense. And he fumbled. And he fumbled. And he fumbled. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense it's going to happen. Frank Gore, yeah, gosh, how much do we respect Frank, <laughs> Frank Gore? He's got 25 rushes, 57 yards, barely two yards a rush, but he does get the touchdown. Jacoby Brissett ran for two and threw for one. Interesting game moving forward. I'm hearing Andrew Luck is practicing, Scott, so that's good news. He could be back in a couple weeks. But overall, nice win for the Colts. They're hanging around waiting for Luck to come back. Yeah, listen, if the Colts can pick up another win, stay two and three, two and four. You never know. I mean, they're talking week six, week seven. So if the Colts can hang around, maybe things change. I mean, that offensive line still stinks, but you, you, you never know. Scott, it's a hot day outside. I'm setting up a water slide for my daughter, and I'm panicking because I'm seeing my survival pick go down in flames, knowing there's going to be like five people left because everybody picked the Patriots. But Tom Brady does it again. Patriots 36, Texas 33. Tell us about it. Yeah, I'm sure after this one, you had a nice cold one to relax and enjoy it because you did sweat this one out. Listen, first up, let me give credit to Deshaun Watson. It's not an easy place to play. He had his team in position to win this game. Texan defense, which is supposed to be there, strong suit, lets them down. Patriots, Tom Brady goes out and you know gets that fifth touchdown pass to win it for New England. Uh, Texans are hung tight in this game. You know, Patriots win it 36-33. Deshaun Watson, 301 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. But you know what? To me, he impressed me. Like I said, that's a that's a tough place to play, and he went in there as a rookie, and he had his team in position to win. The running game uh, for the Texans, it, it, it just it's a it's another crowd of it's a mess. It's another backfield mess. Lamar Miller, fourteen for fifty six, but just not enough volume for me. Deshaun Watson, he ran for forty one yards and eight carries, and Deontay Foreman was non existent in the run game. 
DeAndre Hopkins, I said he was still a good play. I liked him. He got his targets, 7 for 76. So if you played him and you got the one-point PPR, you got yourself 14.6. So he wasn't a terrible play. He still managed to get some volume. Got the foreman. Got himself involved in the passing game, two for 65. And then, you know, the two touchdown passes go to Robert Griffin and Bruce Ellington, who's no one, no one's playing for the Texans. On the Patriots side, uh, what do you say, Brady? 378, five touchdowns. It's just, you know, he, he does what he wants when he wants. Gilly did not eat for the Patriots this week, 12 for 31, but he'll be fine. James White had 5 for 17 in the backfield. Brandon Cooks, you're officially a New England Patriot. Five catches, 131 yards, two touchdowns, including the game winner. You know, he had that revenge game we were expecting last week. He just had it a week too late. But you know what, Brandon Cooks, officially a Patriot. Rob Gronkowski, we both get on it, but again, 8 for 89 in the touchdown, so he does what he does. As long as he stays healthy, he's the best tight end in football, but there's those concerns. Chris Hogan. Nice to see two touchdowns, four for 68. And Danny Amendola had three catches for 48 yards. So what do I take away from this game? The Patriots, don't ever count them out. All you Survivor Pool players, you got by, you squeaked one here. I hope you picked up a six-pack and enjoyed it because next week hopefully it'll be a little easier for you. Brady, five touchdowns. Cooks is on the map now. And I was impressed by Watson. I mean, I think you should be. 300 yards, two touchdowns on a road game in New England. I thought that was impressive. For all you people that tweeted me about Mike Gillisley, R-E-L-A-X. Folks, let me explain. When I drafted Mike Gillisley in a million leagues and told you how good he was going to be, let me throw this caveat at you. If the New England Patriots are going to have trouble playing defense and they're not going to be dominating a lot of the games this year, Mike Gillisley is a terrible pick. An absolutely terrible, terrible pick. But I got a feeling, Scott, I don't know what it is, that maybe the Patriots will come around and that maybe since LeGarrette Blunt had a few games that were bad too, that every once in a while, Mike Gillisley's going to have one. Folks, he's the lead running back. You haven't even seen the Gilly kill the clock game in the second half. And guys, he has four touchdowns in three games. Do you know what that means? That means he's on pace for over 20 touchdowns. Relax, guys. If you told me you thought the Texans were going to come into Foxborough and basically put up points and almost win this game, congratulations. I'd like to see you're winning bet in Vegas because you're a liar. That's what you are. Gilly's going to be fine. Can you stop attacking as soon as something negative goes on? He's not going to have 30 touchdowns, folks. Enough. Yeah, I mean, he'll he'll be fine. Game script wrote this game. They were trailing, so he's not going to be involved when they're trailing. That's where you see James White. That's where you see your occasional Deion Lewis. McGillisley will be fine. He is the unquestioned number one back in New England. Next game on the docket. I had this one pegged. They got lucky here. Well, maybe not lucky, but from start to finish, the Jets 20, Dolphins 6. I know you're a big Jay Cutler guy. I think you're a little disappointed in what you saw, but you know, talk to the people about this, yeah. Dolphins and the Jets. All you, Scott. Well done. You nailed it from start to finish. Even your DFS play where you said start the Josh. If you start Josh McCown and he throws a touchdown and has no interceptions, that's well done. Okay? So thank I'm you, giving you a win on that one. That's well done. Listen, you're all over it. It's another one of these rivalry games, right, Scott? Jets, Dolphins, weird stuff happens. We said that. What was the weird stuff? J.J. couldn't run the ball. It's not J.J.'s fault, folks. He was getting popped behind scrimmage. He was running hard, and he was getting drilled. The offensive line could not block the Jets. That's what happened. Jets here were 0-2 coming in. They wanted to win. They were a home dog, and they barked. All the home dogs did. J.J., 11 rushes, 16 yards. I'm not concerned, folks. He's going over to England. He's playing the Saints. I think he's going to be fine. I also would tell you this, Scott. I think Jay Cutler is going to be fine. I really am not concerned. This was a tough game. I don't think this is on him. The one interception he's threw, they're down 20 nothing. Scott in the fourth quarter. He's trying to make something happen. I don't think he can put that on him. He still looks very good to me. They just have to block. 
Uh, Devontae Parker had the cheapest touchdown in the, in the history of football. Yeah, he did. He maybe, maybe next did. to Ben Watson. Okay. But he had eight catches, 76 yards, and a touchdown. He's having a big breakout. Could come next week. Kenny Stills, four for 51. He's always in the mix. Jarvis Landry, six for 48. JJ actually caught two balls. As for the Jets, I'm so annoyed, Scott. I played Matt Forte again, another guy I missed. He's getting, I, I thought that there would be running back points here. I thought the Jets could run the ball and he gets stopped. Or he he trips up at the one, right? Then he hurts his toe. He comes out, Bilal Powell scores, <laughs> scores on the next thing. So yeah, frustrating. Remember, remember I told you I saw, saw Jordan Howard? Yeah, Matt Forte is the guy I put in. Yeah, so he was a yard away. And if he stays healthy, this guy's going to have a good game. Elijah McGuire at seven rushes for 34 yards. So it's just the fact that he went on the bench. Jermaine Kearse, three for 42, came back to earth a little bit. Robbie Anderson in a game at home where you think they're going to win. I think Robbie Anderson is a good play. He's a feast or famine guy, three for 95 and one touchdown. And Scott, I'm calling it right now. If you're struggling with Austin Hooper, if you're struggling with your tight ends, pick up Austin Severian Jenkins. I think that's a good pickup. He looked healthy. He had five catches for 31 in his first game as a Jet. I think that's a good pickup. That's a guy you can focus on. Certainly next week, I think he's a, he's a live play as well. Uh, they, yeah, exactly. So, uh, Jets 20, Dolphins 6. Not much here. Looking for the Dolphins to have a big bounce back next week in London. Yeah, yeah, they, they should. Yeah, like I said, this was just a gut feeling. Glad the Jets got it. Got me to 2-2 two two with the picks, which we'll discuss later. But, you know, JHI, biggest disappointment from uh, all aspects of this game, DFS and everything else. Fascinating game here, Scott. Titans 33, Seahawks 27. Exciting stories, questionable players who played, people who were not hurt, who did get hurt, and Russell Wilson's back. What do you got? So if I told you Russell Wilson would draw for 373 yards and four <laughs> touchdowns and lose, what would you tell me? Exactly. Exactly. And that's what happened. Russell Wilson finally showed up. The Seahawks offense showed up. Career best but now, day. Career best but day. Then the, but then the defense, nowhere to be found. It just It's another one of those. It's one of those road games. I think But both of us were on Tennessee going into this. But Russell Wilson, you know, in a losing effort, 373, four touchdowns. So all your Russell Wilson owners can take a step back off the plank. Give yourself a week to relax and roll with him again going forward next week. The running game, I don't know. I, I thought we had a clear, you know, handle on who it was. You know, Thomas Rawls doesn't show up. You know, nothing from there. Chris Carson runs 11 for 34. Wilson 7 for 26. So the Seattle running game is back to, you know, who knows what to do. Doug Baldwin finally re- rewarded his fantasy owners with a 10-catch, 105-yard performance and a touchdown. And Jimmy Graham showed up. Jimmy Graham was on the field, and he actually caught some passes. 7 for 72. C.J. Procise, effective out of the backfield in the passing game, 3 for 65. And then Wilson spread his touchdowns around, 1 to Paul Richardson, Luke Wilson, and Chris Carson caught a touchdown pass, but still not too much from the rushing game. Go to the Titans side. I sat Marcus Mariota for Phillip Rivers. Probably cost me a game. You live, you learn. Move on. Mariota, 2 for 25, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Protected the ball at home against a tough defense, even though it was a road game for Seattle, but did what he had to do. And here's that questionable probable nonsense that we talked about earlier. Killer. DeMarco, Mar- killer, DeMarco Murray all week, limited, questionable. If he plays, won't get the workload. Pick up Derrick Henry. Play Derrick Henry. Yeah, okay. DeMarco Murray, 14 for 115 in a touchdown against the Seahawks. So you know what? You guys really have to just pay attention up till game time. You got to go with your gut feeling sometimes. I mean, because these, these questionable monikers are just going to really mess with everybody's head from a fantasy standpoint. Sometimes just stick with your number one guy. Murray went out, did his thing. Not that Henry didn't get involved. He was 13 for 54, but, you know, he just was not DeMarco Murray. Mariota added 27 on the ground. It's good to see Mariota's legs healthy after that injury. He looks healthy running and passing, so it's a great sign for Mariota. Receiving side, your boy, Rashard Matthews, 
six for 87 in the touchdown. Eric Decker caught four passes for 49 yards. And old reliable Delaney Walker, four for 31. So we learned that the Titans bounce back. The Titans are a good team. It's a, it is a good win for them at home. They're going to be forced to be reckoned with in the AFC South. And they should be in playoff contention all year in the AFC. The Seahawks, I know they lose the game, but you got to be encouraged from what you saw on the offensive side. You know, on the road, Russell Wilson drove for nearly 404 touchdowns. So Russell Wilson owners, relax. You'll be fine. Um, so it's a good sign there. But Titans win this game 33-27 what was a very entertaining game. Yeah, you nailed it, Scott. I mean, listen, I'm going to get lucky here in our Yahoo League because Fitzgerald just caught a touchdown before. But I got DeMarco Murray and Stephon Diggs on the bench. Here's what happened. Derrick Henry got hurt in the first quarter. They put Murray in, and he went bonkers. Scott, DeMarco Murray is not that fast. For him to run 75 yards against a Seahawks defense, I mean, was he was he in a in – a, in a, <laughs> With a bad hamstring. With a bad hamstring. Uh, right, exactly. It's bizarre. I mean, but that's it. You said it best. I mean, whoever the lead running back is Tennessee, is going to be good, but I think moving forward, here's what's going to happen. I think they like Derrick Henry in the fourth quarter. I think they like the battering ram. Uh, Jamie Eisenberg was watching the games with John Beeson, the former linebacker for the Panthers, and I heard him on his podcast, the CBS podcast, talk about how Beeson said he hated tackling Brandon Jacobs the most because in the fourth quarter, Brandon Jacobs would run right over them, and they compared him to Derrick Henry. So I think Henry is the fourth quarter hammer, but Murray is healthy, and Murray catches passes. They split Henry out a little bit, but Murray does catch passes. He's going to be an issue. Only other thing I want to mention, Scott, we said it the entire time. Rashard Matthews is the best tight end in Tennessee, best wide receiver in Tennessee. Absolutely. All right, last game we had for week three, besides for the Monday nighter that's going right now. We talked about it before. Chiefs at Chargers. Not much of a home field advantage for the Chargers at this uh, StubHub Center. Chiefs win this game 24 to 10. Let me know what happened. Yeah, again, what really bothers me, Scott, with the Chargers is not Philip Rivers' three interceptions. He's going to throw interceptions. And you know what? Everybody threw three interceptions. He'll be fine. The issue, Scott, they have no home field advantage. They're playing 16 row games. And eventually, I think that's going to wear on you. And part of me feels it's going to affect Philip Rivers' stats. There's nobody at the games. And if they're at the games, they're for the other team. Uh, Melvin Gordon was great. He had some great runs early. He got a touchdown early. Then he hurt his knee and he came back in, which I like to see because I was worried he's going to sit out, be a little soft. He wasn't. 17 rushes, 79 yards. Uh, one touchdown, and he ended up coming back in, so he did a nice job there. Uh, Travis Benjamin's pretty consistent now, man. Wouldn't you think? Five catches, 105 yards. I mean, Terrell Williams is a non-issue. I think Benjamin's the second-best receiver there. Keenan Allen, they tried to hold him down. Andy Reid does a great job. Five catches, 61 yards. It's serviceable. It's not great, but he's going to bounce back from that. We talked about Hunter Henry non-existent and Antonio Gates, two catches, 30 yards. He just doesn't have it. Moving over to the Chiefs. I said it again. Kareem Hunt is the real deal, Scott. 17 rushes, 172 yards, a touchdown. He caught a pass for 11 yards. He's the real deal. He's tremendous. He's a top three wide uh, running back play for the rest of the year. And you know what? I was also wrong about Tyreek Hill. I must have some anti-Kansas City bias in me. Tyreek Hill, Scott, it's all Andy Reid. They look to get him the ball. He's super fast. He wasn't a great college producer, but he's involved in the offense. Five catches, 77 yards, a touchdown. They throw him screen passes. They do with him, Scott, what the Steelers do with Antonio Brown. He's the center of the offense, and you can't beat it. Here's one for you. Travis Kelsey, what's the problem? Hasn't been great either. Had the big game last week. I guess the Chargers held him down. But it's a little odd. I feel like Kareem Hunt is affecting Travis Kelsey because he's not really producing. I mean, he's a great tight end. He'll be fine, but be careful moving forward. Uh, Alex Smith, bye week replacement Alex Smith. 155 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Chiefs are good. Defense is good. Andy Reid is great. I think the Chargers will be fine. I think they're better on the road, honestly, because I think playing at home is depressing. And Melvin Gordon got banged up, but he came back in the game, Scott, so I'm not really concerned. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the Chargers fantasy players will be fine, but, you know, season yeah, long, I agree. I the char- yeah. Chargers are in trouble. I mean, Rivers will still put up. Gordon will do his thing. And Keenan Allen's been good, and it's just a matter of which is the number two. You like Benjamin. I think there's still time for Williams, but you'll see. But from a season standpoint, they're done. Uh, fantasy standpoint, they're still relevant. All right, fourth quarter. Ready? Scott, the picks. Uh, we got our NFL picks we're talking about right now. You had a you had a solid week two and two. I mean, I was above five hundred coming in, so two and two. If that's going to be your worst week, you're going to be fine. But I'm rolling, big guy, three and zero. Oh, and come on, Arizona! Oh, Dallas just scored. No. Yeah, Bryce Butler <laughs> just found the end zone. So now you're down seven as we speak. So the timing was impeccable on this. The Cowboys trying to stop you from going four and zero oh and keep us at a uh, deadlock six and six for the week. Uh, yeah, listen, you know, I told you last week. I thought Carolina was phony. They were. The Saints plus five and a half looked easy. Could have been three and one here if Golden Tate's touchdown holds up. I lose with the Lions plus three against the Falcons. Like the Jets getting the points. We talked about that. The Jets win the game outright. Plus six was a good. And then the one game we went head to head, I lost the Packers laying nine. You took the, the Bengals plus nine. So put me at two and two for the week. Six and six after three weeks. Hey, you know what? You could be worse than 500. All right, last thing we'll do here, Scott, and then we'll close it up. Let's talk about the Thursday game. And I think we really have to sort of do a deep dive here, man, into how we think the game flow is going to go. So talk to me here. Tell me what you think about game flow. How, what's going to happen? I think, you know, initially, if you just pulled the average fan, Scott, they'd probably say Green Bay home, Cobb will be back, Bears on the road, they didn't play well in Tampa Bay. So you're probably going to think the average fan, the Packers are going to blow this one open. Do you think so? Because I don't. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think I look at this game as being a blowout. And you never know, Cobb might not be back. I mean, it is a short turnaround. I mean, he may be practice limited today. But, you know, Monday practices are for those Thursday games are really tough to get a gauge on. Uh, yeah, I think the game will be close. Look, the Bears, the Bears have talent at the run game. And, you know, Joe Mixon ran the ball against the Packers. Giovanni Bernard was involved. So if Howard and Cohen can get involved, they'll keep this game close. The key is Mike Glennon can't make stupid mistakes. If Glennon throws two, three interceptions, then the Bears have no shot. If he does what he does against the Steelers and lets Howard run the ball, let Cohen run the ball, get Cohen involved quick out of the backfield with some screens, the Bears can hang in this game. Because like you said, the Packer defense is not, you know, it's it's not impressive. Yeah, they look look good against the the Seahawks week one, but I think that was more an indictment on the Seahawks than it was the Packers as we look as we now move through a couple weeks ahead. You know, I, I said mentioned before, I'm, Ty Montgomery worries me a little bit on the short turnaround. I think he'll play, but like you said, he d- does look like a guy who's a little bit brittle. And with the short turnaround, I expect Jamal Williams to be involved more. So Ty Montgomery, you know, depending on where you're sitting and who else you have on your team, maybe a guy to consider you maybe lay off on. But I'm Scott, I'm thinking of benching him. I'm Ty Yeah, I mean, well, you know, listen, yep. it's, you're coming back on three days. He got, he took some hits. He came out of the game a couple of times, so he's definitely banged up. And, you know, you have Jamal Williams there. They probably want to get him some more action, and this is the perfect spot to do so, you know, on the short turnaround. Rodgers is Rodgers. He'll put his numbers up. Nelson will play. I think Geronimo Allison is – you let him go if Randall Cobb does play. If he doesn't, you could look at him as a possible, you know, streaming option if you had no choice. But, you know, for the Packers, the regulars will be involved. Ty Montgomery is the guy I'd be concerned about, and I'm a fan of Montgomery. I jumped on him two weeks in a row in DFS, but this is one of those spots where I think you got to just kind of – you know, ease up a little bit. Here's an easy, here's one for you. I'm going to talk to you about my two leagues and you tell me what you think. I'm just curious. So I got Ty Montgomery. I got DeMarco Murray, Derek Henry. So I assume you probably would play either Murray or Henry there. We got the uh, Titans going to the Texans. So I would assume you probably play one of those over Montgomery. Here's my question. Rob Kelly uh, at the Chiefs on Monday night or Ty Montgomery? 
Tough. Yeah, if Rob, I mean, if Rob Kelly's healthy, if you know it's, yeah, healthy. and it's tough, and you know, and, that, and that's tough too because you're sitting at that Thursday Monday thing. So it's like you know, if you s- decide to sit Montgomery, you basically got no choice, and you're rolling the dice that Kelly is healthy. So I think, I think that's a tough play. If if yeah. you know he's healthy, I probably roll with Kelly. But if he's questionable, you might have no choice but to go with Montgomery. I'll give you another one. Other league, I got Jonathan Stewart at the Patriots. <laughs> at, <laughs> it's tough, right? You know what? At, but at the Patriots, I, I say Jonathan Stewart sits because we saw, you know, we were in agreement that the Panthers aren't really any good. So we expect them to be behind in this game, I'm sure. So it's going to be McCaffrey from behind because, you know, although he did nothing in the run game, he did catch nine balls for over 100 yards last week. So I think Jonathan Stewart's a layoff against the Patriots. So you're, if, if these are your options and you got to make a decision for Thursday, you're in a tough spot there. The last one I'll give you, the Yahoo League, Scott. Ready for this one? Flex. Ty Montgomery or Mohamed Sanu at home against the Bills? <laughs> you know what? Indoors. I know. It's a- <laughs> Mohamed Sanu. I mean, because now, as much as much as you were on much as much as you were on the Bills last week, I can almost predict that you will be against them this week. So I would say Mohamed Sanu indoors. Survival pool pick, my friend. All right, that's it, folks. Listen, if you appreciate the pick up the Blitz podcast. Feel free to tweet us at P-U-T Blitz. You can always find Scott at S-C-O-T-557 on Twitter. Myself at Randall Rant, R-E-N-D-L-E Rant. The website, www.randallrant.com. You can find us there. And please give us a review, five stars if you would, and a comment on iTunes. Not bad today, Scott. A lot of stuff going on. We got a sound drop there. Jordan, Jordan Howard knocking on the door. Boy, we're riveted this Thursday night game, aren't we? Yeah, like I said, I might have been the antibiotics, but I felt a little more energized. I thought it would do the reverse, but it got me going. Listen, guys, you like what you hear, like us on Facebook, follow us on Facebook, and every Sunday morning, look for us both where they'd answer your questions for a little while up until kickoff. You got questions, sit or start, you know, flex, standard, PPR, whatever it is. Let us know. Hit us at the podcast handle at PUT Blitz, and we'll both be there to answer for you. Love Jordan Howard this week. I may play him in DFS. Oh, you might have to, but I guarantee you one thing, it'll be more than 0.6% only. (laughs) 